You are listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. It's time! It's time for High Spots and Cheap Pops for the Intelligent Wrestling Fan. And now here are your hosts, Vlad the Impaler and Silicon Steve Valley. High Spots and Cheap Pops! This is the Silicon One, Steve Valley, and I'm coming to you with the lovely, the beautiful, the talented Impaler and Impaler. I have one question for you. Are you excited to talk about all the up-and-coming stuff in AEW? Are you excited? I'm excited. Not as excited as you, but I don't think anybody is. That's because I have my blood pressure is very high because I get excited about things like an idiot. CM Punk is going to be in AEW within seven, within eight days. I'm 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 a hundred percent on that. Yeah, he's coming. No, but it's definitely going to be next Friday. And he's bringing hell with him. <laughs> All right, I did uh, do a whole video today, but I didn't have a chance because I went to the doctor and then I had to go to work. I didn't have a chance to fucking edit or put it up, but I did a whole like five minute video. <laughs> About CM Punk and all that, but that's good. Right, so, what do you want to what do you want to talk about? I tell you what, WWE was boring as fuck this week on TV. I don't know what happened. Roman wasn't really anything. They beat down Balor. I, it's not even worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even watch. Uh, I don't even think I went to watch SmackDown other than seeing some clips on online. It was but, yeah, it was. I watched it and fast forward most of it. Yeah, I saw. You know what? I saw some of it actually. What uh, Sasha let it off her and Bianca. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Thea Trinidad came out. There's Alina Vega. Um, yeah, I can't really remember what happened after that. Big E was like hanging outside of uh, Roman's locker room. That was another thing, you know, sort of, you know, fl- flirting with that idea, I guess. That ain't happening. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give. A, that's my opinion of WWE right now. But we got to talk. But we got to talk about NXT too. Your beloved NXT. Yeah, I mean, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I we got to get your thoughts. So, well, uh, what like with the releases? What, what no, the, well, the, the the basic that they're not that they're going to go back to the original idea of what NXT was supposed to be was a bunch of athletic big guys from around the world that they can make into the next WrestleMania headliner. That was always the original NXT plan, but now they seem like they are now being very conscious that even more so. And now wait, the wait, Johnny wait, Garganos wait. and the Tommy Chitano. What's that? That, that whole that, I don't know if I agree with that whole statement. That was the whole plan. Like if I'm looking into the history of NXT, I'm looking at champions like Bo Dallas. Not they, he's nothing what you just described. Uh, Pac was nothing what you described. Sami Zayn, nothing what you just described. All those guys were champions there. Kevin Owens, right after Sami Zayn, like these guys. Yeah, that's not that, what I'm- that, 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 but that's the early stages of NXT. You're talking within the first two and a half years there. No, I'm talking about before it even was that. I'm talking about what Triple H wanted to do when he had his vision of NXT. He wanted to go out and get big athletic guys that they can make actors. People like Baron Corbin and Large Sullivan. And to your point, 
Mm-hmm. NXT wasn't Loki, if you remember him, you know, if you remember Roman Reigns. Yeah. These guys weren't cutting it, so they went and they got some really good indie guys. Those really good indie guys became the heart and soul of NXT, but it wasn't by right. design. So you're saying and it was now, a little revolution within it. They had a revolution, exactly. They had a revolution within it. And then guys like Finn Balor. I mean, Finn Balor, he was the biggest baby face probably in the history of, of NXT. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was probably the best run NXT had when Finn Balor was their champion. He was doing every NXT, every championship he did was every match was great. FTR was also on that card all the time. Bailey was doing what she was doing. So NXT not intentionally became this breeding ground for really great indie guys to show what they could do on the WWE level. But make no mistake, Triple H wanted to go get young, large, athletic guys that they could train to be sports entertainers. But sports entertainers don't connect with the audience. Professional wrestlers do. They always did. Those big sports entertainers can be pieces around you and they can be made to work okay. But you need those guys telling that story. You need it. And now those guys are no longer going to get that kind of power. And we're... It just seems to me, a guy, you've been a heart, you've been a diehard NXT guy. And what is your reaction to everything from soup to nuts? What has happened to NXT over the last three years? Um, it's hard to say because if I go in the last three years, if you go to like NXT takeovers, there's still some of the better shows that you're going to see on a yearly basis. They're that consistent. Um, you have, and, and honestly, there, there was times where I watched every episode of NXT leading up to TakeOver, and then there was a certain point where I sort of tailed off and just was watching TakeOvers. And, but, you know, you're watching a recap, you get what's going on, and then the story, what I used to love about that was that their matches would tell the story itself. Like, the, the people basically, and it was, it's Shawn Michaels, Triple H, uh, guys like that who were helping, you know, map out the 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 match and they do a great job so that that's where i found a tremendous quality within them and honestly at that point nxt when they were just on the network was probably the reason i was spending the 10 bucks a month you know like i would i would go to some of the archive stuff yeah uh, but it was like me not wanting to mistake over and having seasons of nxt at my at my will and that was like a big selling point for me. And really what it came down to, you know, was the Sami Zayn moment with Kevin Owens. That was a huge spark for me. I tuned in for that. I, I didn't even know the history between El Generico and uh, Kevin Steen at that moment. But then I was like, oh, this is like some bad blood. And then I started looking into it. I'm like, wow, OK, this is now springboarding over here. So I thought that was cool. And then uh then, you know, when Kevin Owens made it to the main roster with his whole Cena deal, I thought that was awesome. And really, they pushed NXT probably at that moment, like, as good as they ever did. Even, then, more, than, you know, even more when they made the move over to uh, USA and they actually really dominated the Survivor Series. Yeah, that was that's the other thing I was going to lead up to that, because, like, what's strange is, like, they actually had them beat. Raw and SmackDown, 
like it was like four to two to one or something like that. From what I recall, I just saw a meme or something which broke it down, which like, and I'm like, you know, if you think about it, that was where Adam Cole put that, put that all three companies, all three shows on his shoulders and showed you what he was worth. And you know what? And it's like, what's crazy is he had that run as NXT champion, showing up to SmackDown, putting on clinics, showing up to Raw, putting on a, an awesome match. Just a complete presence. And you still have people in WWE that were like, ah, we don't know if this guy Adam Cole could do it. It was like some sort of weird doubt. You know where the doubt comes in is when they get involved with these guys and they started having them do stuff that they're not comfortable with and just doesn't make sense. You know, let Adam Cole be Adam Cole, man. Like, you know, he's he's got a mag magnetic personality for the fans. And he is the set, you know, like it or not, he's the second coming of like Shawn Michaels in terms of attitude, but without, you know, the cockiness in a, in a, in an unprofessional manner. He's not a piece and, of shit. Yeah. Let's put it that way. You know, Shawn Michaels had a 40 miles of bad road in his life at one point. And, you know, it seems like he turned a positive corner, but at one point you wouldn't want to really work with him. And, he was a real piece of shit. Let's call him what it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was yeah, yeah, he was not a good guy. So back here. So, it's, so basically, you have somebody that sort of has the similar look, the similar build, similar move set, could put on a great match, great on the mic, has charisma. Let him go and run with it. What the hell do you have to lose? <laughs> you know. And instead, instead, when they they've done this, the only like you know, it's funny. Like you and I could probably go through the roster and see who's improved upon going to the main roster. Or who's regressed, and it'd be a lot of regression. And that's been my argument since day one. And I mean, how many guys did you tell me were amazing, or they're really good? They got something. They got including Alistair Black, who we now see what he has in less yeah. than five weeks. You, this, and that's probably similar to what you were talking about, or what you could see in him. Like you said, Dud, you got to see this guy. He's gonna he's gonna fight. In fact, he was leading up to the Velveteen Dream match. Mm -hmm. And both that match for me was my favorite match of that night, actually. And that was, yeah, a, it was great. That was a fantastic. Favorite. I think that was Gargano Champa with the finish with the uh, on the, you know, planks. Yeah. On the boards underneath the mat. So you would always tell me how great these guys were. It's like, well, I'm not getting excited about it because I know when they go to the main roster more times than not, nothing's going to happen. And yeah. you're 100 percent right. And by the way, there's guys not even in the company long gone that were great in NXT that have been cut. What? And they've been yeah. cut a while ago. They're the Ascension. Now, that's a shitty uh, probably because they, they weren't really that great. But they were a big yeah. deal in NXT. Yeah. You know, how yeah. about? How yeah, they were a big deal in NXT. And and, they're, and, and they're, they're a case where their sort of truer, truer colors sort of showed through their weaknesses were like, you know, major blemish blemishes on the main roster but it was like a sort of a poor man's road warriors or demolition or whatever sort of how they came across oh, and they couldn't really get over that stigma yeah you know it just it is what it is with that group but you yeah know. but going back to it bo dallas, bo dallas never came never came to fruition uh pack neville never came to fruition um i mean the list can go on and on we really ftr um yeah. you know alice and, and, and even FTR, like when when they were there, 
I, you know, the first time I saw them in NXT, I'm like, who are these guys? I, I was like, man, these guys are like doing their best four horsemen impersonation. The truth be told, I didn't know enough about them. And I didn't realize that they sort of actually walked the walk. I mean, they are students of the game. They adore those guys. You know, they adore the Midnight Express. They're, they're students of tag team wrestling, like of like the eras that you and I loved. And uh, they really portray it beautifully. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, their matches with like Gable and Jordan and um, it was Gargano and, and, and Ciampa even, I think, was involved in one of those matches. And and even, uh, what is it, the uh, Authors of Pain. Like they had a good match with the Authors of Pain. Like that's how skilled those guys were. Right. Yeah, and it's like here you have Paul Ellering out there with the Authors of Pain going against the, you know, dare I say, the fake four horsemen with FTR. And it was just, it brought me back. And I'm like, Man, I mean, there's something good about this. And then they get to the main roster. And then they don't know what to do with them. They're like, oh, this tag team's awesome. What should we do? Break them up? Dress them up like clowns? I don't know. Let's make people laugh at them. Put them some oozy hot. You got some oozy hot, Oose? You got oozy hot on your balls, Oose? Yeah, Oose, you got oozy hot on your balls. All right. Right, exactly. So let's let's make them jokes. And again, like, how do you do that with those guys? And this is part of the issue where, like, you're asking me about, like, what's going on in NXT? Huh. I mean, it's 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 a shame because when you're when you have develop like a developmental uh, organization within your organization and most of that talent peaks at developmental, there's a problem. That and that's no fault of theirs. Like that's the fault of the direction that they're being led when they get to the to the main roster. Well, the biggest problem is Vincent Kennedy and McMahon. We know that the problem is. You know, it, it is definitely a problem because he's a guy who is so. Um, he's got. I love the term myopic. He's got a myopic view on talent. If they look like the Ultimate Warrior but can't wrestle a worth a damn, he's interested. But man, if they look like Neville or Pac, and because they are not six feet tall, you know what? He's got no use for them. Even though they can put a match on that will make your your mouth drop. He cares about money more than he cares about art. Yeah, like listen, you know one thing I'll say this: you, you've you, in our podcast, you tend to bring up the term art a lot. Vincent McMahon doesn't give two shits about art. To him, wrestling's not art. It's making movies. It's not wrestling. It's not even wrestling. Yeah. It's sports entertainment. But what Vince McMahon doesn't understand, and I think what everyone needs to understand here, is Vince McMahon didn't create a new thing. He didn't, he didn't change professional wrestling in a way that he changed it fundamentally. No, fundamentally, it's two guys going out there, putting on a performance for you, telling stories amidst the story of that they're telling. It's the same thing. He just took it to levels and made it and did things to it that never had been done before. He impacted the industry more than anyone is ever going to impact professional wrestling. But make no mistake, it's always been professional wrestling. It's his brand of professional wrestling. But his brand of professional wrestling, when they stopped letting the wrestlers breathe life into those characters and they made that they were just actors, then it really just started being popular made this analogy several times it became pop music for professional wrestling that's all it was 
and it's overproduced, very well produced, by the way, but it's really, really well produced where the performers really have very little say into who they are creatively and what they right. can do. Into. And it's fine if you're a 19 year old who don't give a fuck and just trying to get laid and make some money. But a lot of these guys love professional wrestling so very much. That's what they want to do their whole life. And they get to WWE and WWE doesn't let them do what they want to do. They make them do things that make no sense. And it's one thing if Vince knew what he was doing anymore, but clearly he doesn't. And, 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 and the idea that, quote, this is a quote, Fightful Select, mid, that midgets, little guys in midgets, they use the word midgets, uh, are not going to be who they're going to be going for. Right. Is a monster. Guys like Johnny Gargano. First of all, Johnny Gargano was never going to be in the main roster, big deal in the main roster, ever. Neither's Champa. Neither. Maybe Adam Cole, but I even doubted that. Their peak is done. NXT as we know it is done. And it started the day they, they drew first blood against NXT against AEW. And then Vince got his hand on it, and it became more about. How now it became more about how I think this business is still run, but now the game has changed and Vince hasn't had any competition in a long time. He doesn't know how to play the game anymore. And Tony Khan and company, who the most important man in professional wrestling is going to be within the next decade, the way WWE is going, I can't tell you for sure it's not going to be Tony Khan. Um, what they're looking for, you mentioned, you know, like the height thing and, uh, you know, they, how they got rid of Bronson Reed too fat. They said, you know, yeah. and it's like, you know, it's, it's like, you're like, um, poo-pooing the Bronson weed thing. Well, no, but I mean, he, he definitely is a bit, is a, is a more rotund individual than Vince likes. And so's Keith Lee for that matter. And he haven't, yeah. they haven't been dick with him either. Right, right. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, but like if Vince is going to just look at it with his, like, again, myopic views, like, listen, what was Mick Foley's physique like? Not necessarily the greatest one. Like, you know, it wasn't like he was, you know, like Lex Luger or even close. Badass. But yeah, but the people loved him and he put on great matches. He connected with the audience. Yeah, and that's where I think Vince got to like realize realize that if there's a connection, they're going to be buying merchandise and they're going to want to watch your shows and see what's going on with this one that they're connected with. Whereas Vince is just jamming people down our throats, like your favorite Goldberg, and all it is is like, oh, here's like a minor pop. We're just going to inject him with uh, Bobby Lashley this time, and uh, look at those two guys, those physiques, and oh yeah, look at it, you know. Like it's just ridiculous at this point, you know. He's treating us like losers, yeah. which we are, I guess, in in his world. But um, you know, he doesn't have to be so forthcoming about it. There is zero respect that he has for the WWE universe. They are just stupid saps to get him money. I mean, at this point, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty damn evident at this point with that. They haven't um, been. No, let's go. Let's get into this. These. The, the McMahon family in the WWE front office has not been honest with the fans for almost a decade. It's just that simple. And they said they were going to remember they had that big thing. The McMahons came out. They came out. You're the authority. Okay. 
You were full of shit. Triple H was full of shit. He, they were trying to garner some crowd back, and it hasn't worked. And now there's competition. Yeah. And I don't think Vince has the creative, and I don't think he has the people around him that can sustain that. I mean, look, SmackDown at its worst is just under $2 million. Daniel, I mean, AEW is at one point over one million consistently, and they haven't even added CM Punk yet, Daniel Bryan, all that. Yep. I don't want to get, we're going to get into that a little bit, but going back to the NXT thing, it's just the he Vince used the NXT like a, just a, as a tool to hurt this other company, and then it helped destroy. That was the beginning of the end. Then Vince started getting more involved, and then. Vince basically thinks whatever he does is going to be watched by the WWE universe and the WWE faithful. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. And he, you know what? He can. I mean, he can, but you're you're also making the point yourself that he's losing people watching it. So that's where it's a little dangerous as far as the game that they're playing. There was a point in time, me being a Yankee fan, and I and I was there for, you know, basically dating myself here. I wasn't born and seeing late, like, you know, the uh, 70s World Series with the Yankees. So I had to go through the entire 80s where they were like the best winning team of the decade, but zero World Series wins, right? And uh, during that time, I forget what the year was exactly. It was in either 80s, early 90s. Actually, it was the 80s where Steinbrenner got in trouble with Major League Baseball with the whole Dave Winfield thing. And they suspended him. And truth be told, that was like one of the greatest things for the Yankees. The boss had to step back, wasn't allowed to get involved. Gene Michael stood up. The general manager started making smart trades, started putting pieces in the place. Then when Steinbrenner comes back, my God, you have a dynasty. And I wish they could almost do that with WWE. Have Vince take six months off. Yeah, and just say, listen, Vince, go go work out. Do whatever you want. We'll watch it. But you can't do anything here with it right now. I know it's going to kill you. It would kill him. It would. Because he's like, ah, I got to hang out with Linda again. No, the guy hasn't had a vacation in fucking decades. Uh, yeah. The guy doesn't. Yeah. He just works. He's a machine. I envy the fuck out of him because of that. I still envy him. He's in better shape than I am. He's 70, almost 77 years old. Yeah. So yeah, he's a work. Yeah. He's a workaholic. And you know what? Like the product and, and this overwork and this, this, you know, not taking a break for even creativity, like being creative, even like <laughs> just go and leave for a little bit. Let Triple H, Paul E and Bruce Pritchard run it. Bruce Pritchard should not be running a goddamn thing. Uh, listen, I'm just extending that olive branch because then Vince will have some sort of, you know, false sense of security. He'll be texting like, Pritchard every day. He's like, hey, yeah. hey, hey, tell Heyman to stop that shit. Nobody, nobody likes Sami Zayn. He he's small. Look at his cheek. He doesn't pop. Look at this. He doesn't pop like me. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's it would be something like that, but you give him that at least, and he doesn't feel like it's a hostile takeover. His daughter's there, Pritchard's there, at least Triple H and Cardi are there. You know, it's like 
And if the queen had bows, then it should be the king. You know, but it's that, that stuff's just not going to happen. And, and but you're right. You know, Vince, as great as he is, and, and, and he's almost kind of earned anything he wants to do. But when he starts getting hurt financially, that's when he's going to change. When he was being threatened financially by WCW, that is when he said, okay. He didn't give a fuck Randy Savage left. He didn't give a fuck that Hogan left. He didn't give a fuck that Nash left. He didn't give a fuck that Hall left. He only gave a fuck when they started beating him in the ratings. And then they, people started did not paying him as much money in terms of revenue, in terms of, of advertising and things like that, because there was another game in town. And, and people were getting better deals. So his talent was leaving. That's kind of happening to us right now, the talent leaving, but it's not leaving because of whatever. Vince, Vince, the same time, thought that he can let these people go and, not, and no one will care. I'll create my own stars. I'm big enough. He wasn't big enough. He got lucky because he suspended Triple H and then gave Steve Austin an opportunity, and he ran with it. And, and you know what? Like, here's a little bit of a difference because I agree with what you're saying, but like the between now and and what it led into the Monday Night Wars, those that he released, okay, Scott Hall was a huge name at that point. Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, Diesel, big names. Like, you know what? They weren't necessarily guys that were going to go and become like the cornerstone of like an up and coming company, right? So they split. They go to WCW, and then you see all of a sudden the DiBiase's, uh, the, the Rick Rudes, these older level of wrestlers started going there, and hey, they're the new world order, right? And what Virgil. does that cause? Virgil. And then what does that cause? Okay, now WWF at the time has to go and rely on younger talent, such as The Rock. That puts him in the spotlight. And who's he go against? Stone Cold, who was, a, you know, just uh, caught lightning in a bottle with that character and just was himself. And, and the fans just embraced it. To a certain level, Triple H, all right? He was on a, at, on a very good path to begin with. The curtain call made him accept some humility. But he figured out how to play the game and fell in love with the boss's daughter. And the rest is history. Kurt Angle. That's another one. Hey, you know what? Like, no experience. They brought him in, and what do they do? They pepper him in with feuds with, like, guys like The Undertaker, who is still an attraction. People love. Like, they were figuring, they figured out what pieces to use to make this new foundation, and now they are the hot, like, cool thing. Watching Raw became eminently, you know, more cool than watching Nitro after a certain point because Kevin Nash and, and Scott Hall, you know, it just got, they ran their course. It was just, you know, not a good spot for that company after a certain amount of time. And they saw that. And that's why I wasn't. And, 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 and I'm sorry, the, the difference I was going to say is this time he's letting talent go, which is the talent he should be keeping in many cases. Like Alistair Black should have been kept. Bray Wyatt should have been kept. Miro, from what I could tell, 100% should have been kept. Moxley. Moxley should have been kept. They did try Moxley, though. Moxley had no, Moxley had no chance. Even if AEW didn't happen, he was leaving, he said. There was nothing you, you could have done. Yeah, he made his money there. You know what, man? And, and he was like, all right, I'm going to go do my own thing. And, and, and you know what? The door is always open. If he needs to go back or wanted to go back, they'd let him back. 
I wouldn't count on that anytime soon, but yeah. No, no, no. no you're right, saying, but... saying if there wasn't AEW, if he just went back to the indie scene or whatever. No, absolutely. He'll get to take a, pay, a quick payday here and there. Absolutely. But yes, you're, you're exactly right. I don't, that's my point to elaborate on what you're saying. I don't think Vince and the WWE is built to withstand that kind of competition. Not right now. I mean, like, honestly, you and I have been discussing who's the face that's going to go and take on Roman. And the only names that we keep on coming up with are part-timers that were like Hall of Famers. Edge, Cena, The Rock. I mean, like, who else is going to go and take on Roman that's on that roster? NXT or Raw or SmackDown at this point? Nobody. Yeah, Big E and Drew McIntyre would be the two that you someone would yeah. argue, but I don't. None of the, neither of them are on Roman's level when Roman comes out. But the thing is, is how long is that going to play when Roman's just going up against these guys? Eventually, this Roman character, if they don't keep on adding pieces, and they have done a great job keeping it fresh, but if they don't keep on adding pieces, this Roman character is going to get stale too because it's really the only thing that's keeping people watching right now. Let's back down. Yeah. It's just that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, and also the incompetence of having these contracts go up. It just seems like WWE is just they don't have the leadership on this company right now has been a disaster, unmitigated disaster. Except for the bottom line, which is the money that they're making. They're making money hand over fist. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean Vince. Like you know, I was we were talking about the earlier part with the NXT and Vince in general. You know what, like, and you're mentioning sports entertainment versus pro wrestling. Vince, to me, is not a great, like, wrestling promoter. He's a great marketer. He's a carny television producer. I mean, and, he's, and he's the greatest carny television producer of all time. The motherfucker is a carny producer. That is all Vince McMahon is. He's the greatest to ever do it. That's all Vince is. Change the game. Had the balls to change the game and be a carny, a big carny joke. Hey, tell me you're going to say prayers and eat your vitamins too. All right, brother, you got it. This is going to be great. Get me Cindy Lopper. Stand back. That's a fact. Head to the top. Anyway. So, <laughs> here, so that, but that's where it is right now. And, but you know what? That'll be very telling over the next year. We will see exactly where WWE and AEW both go. And, but NXT, for as far as I can tell, I mean, I don't think it's too far-fetched to think in two or three years SmackDown's going to be off Fox. So I don't think Fox is going to give near the money that they gave the first time around. And also, they have a real sweet deal going on with the Peacock Network, which obviously is one of Fox's biggest competitors. So you would think that eventually either SmackDown will go either to NBC or more than likely go back to USA. Or not. What do you? I mean, I don't know what will happen. It's hard to say right now because I, what I understand is that Fox really likes having some sort of sports on Friday night, some sort of sports on Saturday, and some sort of sports on Sunday. So it's like, you know, it's it's that is as consistent as can be. 
you know, and it's something yeah. that people, again, almost 2 million people still tune in on a Friday. Even if they get 1.5 on a Friday, I think they're going to be content. Not happy, but they're going to be like, ah, this is better than some sort of rerun of, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know? $50 so it's like, dollars worth, though? How much was it the money that they gave them? I mean, listen, it's like, you know, like you and me complaining about how much money the Yankees are spending. Do we really give a shit? No. I don't know. I think it's a little different when you're talking about television programming, but time, like you said, time will tell. I mean, they are consistent. You're right. 1.5, between 1.5 and 2.2 every single week. Mm-hmm. And are you going to get a tell? But the thing is, if they are, if they need to go sports wise, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then you're right. But they can't be super happy with how much they're. No, no. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, they, that's where like WWE is going to really have to like start understanding that by the, last 18 months of that contract, they better be running it all on all eight cylinders and be like, Hey, we have a hell of a feud here with Roman reigns and uh, this baby face X, Y, Z. And this is like the biggest thing that's going on in wrestling right now. Oh, well, what about AEW? No, no, no. That's not even competing. Uh, like they're going to need something like that to go and jumpstart and keep interest. They're not even close. <sighs> you know, yeah, I don't see anybody. Going- I don't yeah, see like a Austin popping up, and I don't see a Rock popping up. Like the Rock and Austin were there, and you always knew Steve Austin was good. And as soon as you get, he got a mic, you're like, "Oh, this guy's got something." The Rock, I don't know. I wasn't sure until he turned heel, but then you know. But yeah. I don't. And not only that, even if they are there, they're not going to have the freedom to have that organic growth. Yep. Yeah. It's well, true, man. Yeah. And that's all we're going to do with WWE today, folks. Bitch about them. That's all about it. And it's not even bitching. It's just some... It's not even bitching. It's not bitching. It is concern. Because, and also, nothing happened in WWE the past week that's even worth mentioning. And Balor got beat up by Roman. Okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, Corbin's growing his hair out. Okay. Do you, do you hear like the? Did you see the um, the new moniker that uh, that was online about him? Piece of shit. <laughs> uh, Corbin, they started referring to him as the Lone Wolf, but they spelled Lone L O A N. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that's the that's the most entertainment I've ever gotten out of Baron Corbin in my entire life, right there. <laughs> But thank you so much, folks, for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. Join us next time. We're going to review AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. And, of course, Friday Night Rampage and SmackDown. That will be on the next episode of High Spots and Cheap Pops with Vlad the Impaler and Silicon Steve Valley.